How now, shippers? Welcome to the show. Today we are continuing on our spooky season streak and commenting on the Macbeth and the Lady Macbeth. Do we ship it? Listen to find out. Steph. And I'm Devin. And welcome to our spooky season episode number two. Grab a PSL or something and get cozy in your fall socks because here's Macbeth. I also want to comment on the fact that in true spooky season theme, Devin's got a spooky <laughs> voice today. <laughs> yes, I don't know what's going on. My, he uh, hates me. I think it's allergies. I don't know what it is, but I have, I have my tea and I have my spirit and we're going to do this thing. It's almost Halloween. Aren't you excited? Super excited. Um, actually, yes. Um, more than usual. I actually kind of <laughs> am looking forward to um, this season for some reason. I don't know why. Good. It's going to be a good one. Oh, I hope so. I know it's going to be a good one. Um, <laughs> but that, with that said, uh, Macbeth is a high school classic. Um, mm-hmm. We both read it in high school. Um, I don't know how many high schools still teach it. I think they definitely need to keep on teaching it because it is they should. It's such a good one out of all of Shakespeare's. This one is so memorable. Um, mm-hmm. But I know we have all read this at some point or another. So we want to talk about this power or like kind of power hungry couple. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've always kind of known Macbeth and Lady Macbeth as power hungry, you know, lust mm-hmm. for violence type couple. And that's the main point that I think many take away from the story. So I wanted to talk about them mm-hmm. um, because I think there is more to the story than that. That's just what we all think of right away. So that's why I want to detail it a little bit more. But I want to give you all a spoiler alert, um, but Shakespeare spoiler. is like public domain material yeah, now. Right? So get with it, people. this is just a warning, but get with it. Um, but so here is my super brief summary, because lots of weird things happen in this play that I do not fully know all the details. So here we go. We are we first meet Macbeth and Banquo, which what a name is that? Did I say it right? <laughs> Banquo. Banquo. Yes. Uh, when they have just one battles. And they run into these three witches on the moors that tell them their prophecy uh, of their futures. Macbeth hears that he will be a thane, whatever that is, and eventually king of Scotland. This drives him a bit crazy, and he writes to his wife, Lady Macbeth, about what to do. She encourages him to kill the current king, and so he does, (laughs) (laughs) because why not? (laughs) Um, Macbeth at first needs convincing by his wife, and she's super manipulative and convinces him to kill. The story continues as Macbeth becomes more paranoid about his power, and the killing spree kind of begins. Lady Macbeth is kept out of the loop, actually, as he continues on. Mm -hmm. So at first she's kind of the driving force, but then he keeps her out of the loop. Um... As he meets with witches and continues to try and tie up loose ends to keep his power. Um, He goes a bit mad and feels more and (laughs) more guilty about his crimes. And in the (laughs) end, Lady Macbeth kills herself and Macbeth falls into despair. In the final battle, Macbeth is assured by these witches that he's not going to be killed by anyone born of woman. And we always know when there's a stipulation that it's likely going to be the undoing of the person, Mm -hmm. right? So... 
And then he is found by Macduff, this guy who, for some freaking reason, Macbeth is like, I'm going to kill his wife and kids. And so when Macduff, yeah, just (laughs) because. So when Macduff hears about this, he's obviously super pissed off. And so he's out for revenge. So he meets him at this battle and we find out that he was born of a C-section or he was, quote, ripped from his mother's womb. So Mm -hmm. this is not considered, quote, born Born of of a woman. For some reason, I, am woman I don't really war. know. <laughs> he was still in a woman for nine months, so I don't really know what that means. But way to go, Shakespeare. Yeah, right. From there, Macduff promises to break. Oh, no, I missed a huge part. <laughs> he kills Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. So like, yeah. So like Macbeth is like trying to like live and say whatever, kill Macduff, which Macduff, Macbeth, that's very confusing to mm-hmm. me. But. From there, once Macbeth is killed, Macduff promises to bring peace and prosperity to the, to land. the land, which I don't really believe. But here we are. We'll see. I actually, um, side note, I actually, I think I might have mentioned this prior on an episode, but I don't remember which one. Um, but there's a remake of this called Scotland PA. Are you Are you familiar with this? No. Okay. So essentially it's like McDonald's. Um, I'm trying to remember it, but it's, it is Shakespeare. It's Macbeth, but it's with like McDonald's. Um, and he wants to be like the best. I think he wants to take over. He wants to be the owner of it. But regardless, it it's it, it is good. It is phenomenal. Um, I don't. I never watched the movie, but the movie was released in like two thousand one. I watched it off Broadway, um, and I found it hilarious. And what was really funny is that they were like serving like French fries during the show, which was like, if I, if I'm going to see a show, I want to see a show that they're serving French fries because that's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, it is good, and it was a really good retelling. Um, and I think it was very like outside the box but still getting the same message across um because you know like shakespeare's stories are retold again and again i mean we have hamlet and uh lion king right right Um, right so i thought it was a very interesting remake but i figured i'd share that um i don't know where i was going with it but regardless on we go (laughs) (laughs) you enjoyed it i know you did i love it so much All right, so question number one. In a letter to the lady, Macbeth writes, quote, my dearest partner of greatness. What does this say about their relationship from the very beginning of the play? Are there good qualities to their love? That's a really good question. <laughs> uh, I think it's ex- it's a significant thing that you bring up that he calls her this because I was watching a video that said that it was actually rather uncommon to refer to your wife as your partner hmm. um, because in this time wives yeah so it's it's super interesting at this time wives were kind of considered property and like <laughs> less than the husband it's so it's terrible but it's effing it true and so for him to call her my dearest partner of greatness shows that he kind of believed she was of equal, equal stature yeah. at the time. So it kind of shifts. And in the video, it actually talks about how 
Later on, in another letter he writes her, he calls her, like, Cluck or something like mm, that. So we see the change. I forget. So you see the shift in his respect for her as time goes on. Um, but what does this say about their relationship at the very beginning? I think it says that... Macbeth respects his wife a lot. He cares about her opinion um, and that he believes they're on equal footing. And I think that's something that's really significant for the time period. Um, are there good qualities to their love? Sure. I think they support each other in everything, but yes. everything that they support they, each they other in have, is terrible. They do have great so support. <laughs> they're, they're super supportive, maybe almost to a fault. Yes. Uh, I would say they... Are attracted to each other. <laughs> <laughs> There's a plus, right? Yeah, I mean, apart from that, though, I think we see a classic manipulation type relationship. Mm -hmm. We see Lady Macbeth like demeaning her husband to try and get him to do something <laughs> that will once, put them into like power. Times. Not just once. Um, we see a dude who like starts to really not trust his wife, and he's a murderer. So like. There's, there's that. that. <laughs> uh, it's like there's a lot to this. He's such a noble think, guy at the start, and I hate to see his downfall. But I don't know if he's noble. I think he's a little wimpy, and I think he's a little bit. He falls into his mm, passions a little okay. bit, and his wife is one of his passions. So when she emasculates him, he goes out and he does something really bad, yeah. and then he like he becomes obsessive. I think he has a bad personality. Personally, I don't. Macbeth is not my favorite fellow, uh, I, but Lady no, Macbeth I, I definitely takes advantage. Either. No, no, no. You're supposed to point out the faults in him, but... Yeah, well, what do you think, Devin? Um, so, I find this line to be so damn endearing. Um, dearest partner of greatness. Like, that holds a lot of power. Um, I love that, she's, that he sees her as this partner in crime almost foreshadowing a little, maybe. Uh, a little ironic, um, I might add. But it's just really sweet and touching. Um... At this time in their relationship, I do think they have a strong sense of love for each other. Mm -hmm. And they recognize each other's strengths and they support each other. They know each other through and through. It's later mm -hmm. on where we get more of that distance in their relationship, less communication, more manipulation that really tears them apart. Do they always hold on to these good qualities in some manner speaking? Yes, and in a sense, like we said, maybe a little bit too much, <laughs> too much support, um, if that can be considered a thing. But there is some underlying core to their love, and we see it right here from this line. I don't, and I think this line doesn't even appear. Like we don't even hear about Lady Macbeth um, until like scene five of Act One. I think. I know. So it is pretty late in the in the first act that we really get this sense of relationship, but um, which could also um, say a little bit about their relationship, but um, that he starts off this letter with my greatest partner of greatness, my dearest, excuse me, my dearest partner of greatness. Like just the words that he uses are so, I don't know, like for someone like him, like he's, he's probably not like a frou-frou kind of speech kind of guy. He's, he's a, a soldier he's a he's a thought he's a um i don't know he's a he doesn't necessarily think about the words that he says he just thinks about his actions and how to go about them so i think this is really cool for him to um state that about his wife which is really cool. i think so too i and think like that said, it's it puts, not something it puts them on that equal playing field 
Right. And like 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 I said before, it's interesting because it's not something you see a lot of men in this time mm-hmm. period portrayed as. So, I mean, Shakespeare, in the video I was watching, they called him a proto-feminist. But I don't really think that he's like an original feminist. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there are some feminist aspects to what he does, but I think there's also pretty sexist things that he does, too. <laughs> so, but I think this in particular really does highlight, like, because I, I think Lady Macbeth even at one point says, if, if I could kill... I would. Right. Because she says, basically, mm-hmm. I'm a woman, so I can't. Exactly. And it's like, what? You have the same drive that he has to kill. Like, I don't know. There's certain certain things. But at the same time, I think this character, this relationship, is a very, like, interestingly sort of feminist perspective, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving on, mm-hmm. because I could talk about feminism all day. Do it. Uh, how do these two rely on each other, and is their reliance healthy? Yes, they absolutely rely on each other. And we kind of commented on that. But Macbeth is always running his ideas by Lady Macbeth in search of some manner of approval. He Mm -hmm. needs someone to tell him he's doing the right thing and making the right choices. Yep. Should that be your power-hungry wife? Probably not. But, you know, we all make bad choices. So, (laughs) Right. Um, Lady Macbeth also relies on Macbeth to do what's asked of him and make the decisions he needs to so that they can ultimately rise to power. Without Macbeth, her dreams of reigning are pointless. So she needs him just as much as he needs her. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, like we were talking about a woman, she believed that she couldn't kill for what she needed. She needed him to do that. He needed her like... Oomph. He needed her to just tell him, <laughs> Oomph, like, give me that get Oomph. out and go do it. <laughs> uh, it's not a healthy reliance. And I would venture to say reliance on a partner, like total reliance on a partner is not a great thing. Um, because yeah, people right. are changing beings. They ebb and flow. And if you try to place 100% reliance on them in every case, you're going to fall a little bit short. Mm-hmm. I think in relationships, you have to take some personal responsibility. Um, exactly. You have to be prepared to rely on um, exterior things as well. And in my case, that might be God and other things. But um, but you need something essentially that's like a code or, or something moral that you stick to because trying to rely right. entirely on a partner is never just a good thing. It also places a lot of pressure on them. So I think in this case, Lady Macbeth went to ham trying to push him into action. And Macbeth kind of like just didn't do a great job of like, he relied on his wife in ways that he probably shouldn't have and didn't rely on her in ways he should have. So I think he Agreed. just kind of screwed up the entire there, thing. There is a healthy way to rely on and rely on and support your partner, um, but they did not go about it the right way. Right. Cool. Moving on. Do you think their love is forced? I think at times. I think in the beginning yeah. it's not. Like... Uh, you can see, like, he calls her, the, or, you know, when he, no, he calls her, it's a different time. <laughs> when he first writes her, he writes her pretty much calls immediately. Calls her right up, texts her, sends her Yeah, snap. yeah, he's like, hey, boo. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, like, he writes a letter to her immediately, immediately after he finds out about his, his prophecy. prophecy. Yeah. Uh, I think that he was excited to tell her about it, mm-hmm. and he wanted her opinion. And that shows me that, like, 
he feels attached to her in some way in the beginning. Um, he relies on her advice. He does what she tells him to. Right. I think Lady Macbeth. I, I don't know about Lady Macbeth. Like, I just get a, a vibe that he kind of loved her more than she loved him. Um, to, in my opinion, like he seemed more like a means to an end for her. Um, yeah, I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of their relationship prior I to her so. finding out about um, the prophecy, because right, it kind of goes to her head real quick. Right, right, right. So that's kind of, I, I think at some point, maybe they both had love for one another. I think towards the end, it's forced. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, in that last letter he sends her, he's not calling her his dearest <laughs> partner or whatever. Um, he's he doesn't keep her in the loop about his plans, so they're not even a a villainous couple together, really. They just sort of sink into their own holes of despair. And to me, I think they just stay together for... Not stay together for the kids, but stay together for the villainous plot more than anything. Correct. And so that's kind of where I'm going with that. What about you, Devin? The same as you. I think at first, no. But I think over time, there are definite moments of stress on their relationship. Um, right. The sort of They sort of detach themselves um, from the relationship and exist purely on a level of lust for more power, not even for each other, but they exist on this lust. <laughs> Hi puppies. <laughs> Hi puppies. Yeah. We have my, we have my brother's dogs here as well. So, oh, good. They are um, anyways, continuing. Um, They're ruthless and uncontrollable. And what makes their latter relationship feel, and it, and this is what makes their latter relationship feel so forced. Lady Macbeth doesn't want to have to comfort her husband. <laughs> she knows that in order for them to get what they want, Macbeth needs to be on top of his game and strong enough to seize the power. And she has to act as his, like, energizer in a sense to push him forward. She hates having to be like this um, for him, to be, to have to do this for him. Likewise, Macbeth hates having to do the dirty work in a sense of their relationship in order to achieve his destiny. Um, He feels like he's carrying the load and his love for her is stressed in this situation. So they both experience elements of where like, I'm only doing this because I have to, not because I love you, not because like there's no relationship development there. It's all just I'm, I'm in this only because of this end goal, which is like what you said as well. Right. Okay, moving on. So what is the key to their love? What holds them together? I think it's their drive for power. Yeah. Um, They feed each other's thirst. Um, Unfortunately. (laughs) An unhealthy one. Um, This drive is a blessing and a curse. It draws them together and also forces them apart. Um, Their power unites them and allows them to thrive together. Um, They rely on each other and come together for this cause, but they also fall apart together. This literally tears apart their marriage. They feel deserted and alone by the end of the play, each desperately needing the other. When Macbeth cuts the lady out of his decision-making, she feels lost and she becomes consumed with her guilt and she offs herself. And when he realizes that he is lost and alone, he just feels utter, I don't know, like depression and just alone. Um, so they both experience the, this loss when they realize that what was holding them together was not their love, but their power in a sense, their thirst. Um, yep. 
<clears throat> so what are your thoughts here? What is the key to their love? I would love to say it's something like more <laughs> deep than like power, but like I agree. <laughs> like I think the only thing stringing them along at the end is the fact that they think they're going to be king and queen or whatever. And that sucks to admit. It's like, what is the key to their love? I mean, I don't think this story really is much about their love. Like, their love is a huge part in what's happening. Right. Because if they weren't together, they wouldn't support each other in this way. Correct. But I don't think if they had, like, a common goal that they would stay together, really. But also... If not this, I think there would have been another villainous plot. You think there would have been based something on that how, led them down? Yeah, although the prophecy, like, see, this is a question of, like, fate versus, like, mm. choices, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I think the prophecy is what started them on this track. Oh, for sure. But given their personalities, I think they would have found another track. Like, given the way that they responded to it, if this hadn't happened and he hadn't gone crazy... I think they would have found another track to obsess over, mm -hmm. like whether it be. Makes sense. Yeah. But either way, so it ultimately is power. I don't know. I would love to know how they met. I'd love to know why they're together to begin with. Exactly. Uh, because that might help answer this question a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But I think from what we get as readers, it's pretty clear that this villainous plot is their their baby. It's their their. Their brainchild together. <laughs> their brainchild. Yeah, because they don't have any uh, other children. Yeah. So. That's also an interesting thing. Yes. That is not mentioned. There's no heir. Like, they want this throne, but there's no future heir to the throne. Yep. So that's yeah. That's interesting. It's like, what are you doing this for? <laughs> like, Purely for but, ourselves this is all we want. Uh, who get, what, Yeah, who we just want to kill afterwards? a bunch of people, become king and queen. <laughs> it's clearly a selfish motive, is all I'm saying. Like, 100 percent all yep. right next what kind of concept of love is depicted in macbeth unfortunately again <laughs> it's just like a it's more like a spooky gothic romance because it's so enveloped in murder that it's like not even really love and then she kills herself and i think a lot of relationships that Shakespeare portrays are very imperfect and the imperfections in the end are what break the love up. Mm -hmm. So it's really, he really tells a tale of like cause and effect in relationships. If you think of Hamlet and Ophelia, when Hamlet ignores her and all of that, she ends up drowning as well. <laughs> and it's just, and then he realizes he loves her. Yeah. So it's his, it's his unwillingness to bend from his mission that takes away his love. And I think that's really clear here too is both Lady Macbeth and Macbeth, which is a different story than Ophelia, but like oh, because yeah, they're both on the wavelength of Hamlet. They're so hell bent on this mission that it tears them apart. Like it tears their once trusting relationship into one that's solely to serve a purpose, which is to end up king. <laughs> which is difficult because love is not meant to be used as a tool for a mission or a purpose. It's like, it is. Love is. Like, you're just supposed to love 
your spouse, exactly. and that's supposed to be its own thing in in concept. But I think Shakespeare does a good. You shouldn't expect anything. Like there should be no expectations when it comes. Yeah, to it should just be like. But there. I think Shakespeare does a damn good job in his relationship building to show what happens when you place like your own selfish goals above your relationship. True, true, true. Um, but I think at first there is a real form of love. But I the, think so too. But the cliff tips over real quick. Um, Lady Macbeth truly respects and honors her husband at the start. Mm -hmm. And the mister is clearly in awe of her commitment to help him achieve his prophecy. Like there mm -hmm. is a, at the very start, there is a very nice balance between the two. They, they both want to help each other and they both love each other. Um, however, <laughs> however, <laughs> it takes a dark turn and it becomes something of almost superficial and very destructive very manipulative um yeah there aren't really any moments of devotion or true love following their opening scenes together as their pride and craving for power dry drowns out their love um when something becomes much more greater in your relationship than love that's when we see like the cracks and that happens yeah. very quickly here um yes it does so okay next question <laughs> who wears the pants in this relationship <laughs> I, I had to throw this one in <laughs> just because Woo! when i i specifically remember in high school talking about this type of question in this relationship <clears throat> excuse me and i don't think it's hard to see at all that lady macbeth definitely wears the pants in this relationship she Woo! is straight fire however that power also goes to her head and she loses sight of her initial attraction and love for macbeth um her desire for power and control outweighs her love for her husband and i think in relation there needs to be an equal balance in a sense of power control um um in a relationship um obviously in some respects each partner will find their niche right um and rely on the other for certain aspects of the relationship. So sure, some of um, someone might be better in some regards to handling money or someone might be better at planning long-term goals. But as a unit, it is essential that they both have equal say in the decisions that are made, which is not the case for Macbeth and Lady Macbeth throughout the play. Um, there are times where they both kind of demand something of the other or just literally don't allow them to be part of the decisions yep. that are being made. Um, so what are your thoughts here? Who wears the pants? Same. It's her. <laughs> I mean, even when he's trying to wear the pants in the relationship, he's not wearing them. Like, he tries that's so the hard. <laughs> he tries so hard. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take this into my own hands so you don't have to worry about it. Don't worry, honey. And it just like, it just like circle, it makes her circle and spiral into this depressive episode mm -hmm. and he just doesn't know how to handle the control, which is good. It's a good thing he wasn't king then because he couldn't even handle a relationship. So I don't really know. But Macbeth just did not. He, does, he doesn't wear the pants. It's her. That's yeah. all. That's all there is to it. Yeah. I do really enjoy. So uh, side note, everybody. I do really enjoy this play because, and the reason why we chose it for our spooky season, I mean, there's witches, there's prophecies, <laughs> there's um, ghosts, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's 
killing there's murder like there's so much and it's such a spooky i love this it is very spooky i was watching i was watching some old london theater version of it and it was spooky as hell i was like i don't remember this being so spooky i love the uh scene where she's like the red spot (laughs) yeah i'm like okay get it out get it out what anyway sorry i just wanted to throw that in because yeah 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 um appreciation post for um shakespeare Okay, next question. What is the tipping point in their relationship? Relationship. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What is the tipping point in their relationship? What scene pushes them over the line? So, if it's not the killing of Duncan, then it's definitely the killing of Banquo. Um, (laughs) This poor dude, and I'll get into a little bit later, but he's the most loyal friend and he does not deserve the knife in his back. I feel terrible for Banquo. Um, What's interesting here is that Macbeth kind of sets this murder up out of his own paranoia. Um, And he also, so it's a little bit of paranoia, but it's also just like snarkiness, snarkiness of like, oh, I need to make sure that I cut all loose tens. I need, he's very, um, He's paranoid, but he also has a sense of fearlessness, of dauntlessness, where like he doesn't care about the decisions that he makes. He just makes them. Um, And for that matter, fear is a powerful force and it tears its way through Macbeth and his wife. Um, When he later sees Banquo's ghost, these two struggle to hold themselves together, let alone their own relationship, and it sends them off the deep end. Um, He like freaks out that he sees his best friend's ghost and she's like all right everybody because they're having like the the, they're having like everybody over to their house and she's like oh it's fine totally fine no big deal (laughs) it's just a ghost it's fine (laughs) because he's the only one that sees him so yeah well so so i actually now i remember what you're talking about i think that you're right about it being banquo and what i think is interesting is it shows you the type of people that macbeth and lady macbeth are like their personalities in dealing with stress Mm -hmm. and i think because they deal with it so differently and because of the nature of like how much macbeth has had to do and lady macbeth has not had to do she's able to like cover it up in herself a little bit more than him Mm -hmm. he just like sees blood on his hands constantly and what is it that she says like a little water will take care of this or something Something like like that that. like yeah 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 so i think you're definitely right about that being the tipping point and i think it's even more interesting to watch how they devolve because the two of them handle it so differently Mm -hmm. i think that she kind of views him as a little bit weak in a sense with that though um She's like, yeah, a little bit of water will take care of this. And she continues to emasculate him throughout the entire thing. Poor so dude. The poor I think dude. It, it's really, really clear. Like, I wonder if it's her that pushes him in the sense of like, you made me this way. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's interesting to ask the question of who came first, the chicken or it, the it egg in this sense. Of, but it, it, Their relationship reminds me of... Um, I'm I'm recently watching binging the Big Bang Theory, um, and Amy's parents. I don't know if you're familiar with the the show, but Amy's yep. parents. Her mom like dominates the relationship, and her yeah. and her and her, hus- and her husband has to like. Uh, one episode is where like, uh, 
Sheldon and Amy are like on their honeymoon or whatever. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Oh my God. Uh, are we bringing up the Big Bang Theory <laughs> on this Big Bet episode? I, we need to do an episode on one or all of their oh. relationships because they're amazing. Anyways, regardless. All right. So if you watch Gilmore Girls, I will watch Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory in its entirety. Like- I feel like that's two totally different things, but <laughs> no way. <laughs> Anyways, um, back to the original point. Um, they're away, and the the husband, her dad, comes and stays at her apartment because they know that they're gone, and he needs like space from his from yep. his wife because his wife is so dominating and emasculating. Um, she speaks for him and everything. So, I it's the same kind of almost situation I feel like here, um, but yeah. No, you're totally right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It. I don't know where we went with that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I had just given my thoughts. So then you, you. I think it's so fun to bring up like <laughs> Big Bang Theory. Like what the? No one's thinking of that inside but of Macbeth. No big deal. Either way, reading this question because sorry, I stole the last question. No, I, I got it. Are you going? Oh, you got it. Yeah, go for it. it. I don't mind. Go, Devin. Over the course of the play, how does their relationship change? What ultimately deteriorates their relationship to rubble? I think we've talked about this. We have. I yeah. think over in the be- like we said in the beginning, there's a respect there. In the end, there is no respect. So it's clear when you're not tending to your relationship, you're only tending to the items and the tasks at hand, whatever they be. I mean, his are even more like evil than most. But whatever these types of tasks be, you're going to see a relationship deteriorate. She's constantly badgering him, but she's not the one out there getting blood on her hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the one getting blood on his hands and slowly like developing madness basically um and the two of them are not they they get less and less supportive of one another as the play goes on Mm -hmm. so just watching that take place is kind of what causes their relationship to deteriorate um and it's interesting because i would be interested to see if there was some other thing that they were caught up in if their relationship would have deteriorated as fast or if it would have you know if it would have ceased to exist at all, like yeah. if she would have ended up killing herself, like it's always such an interesting thing thinking about, like I said, faith versus choice or not faith, fate Fates. versus choices, <laughs> faith, fate versus choices in Shakespeare's plays. And I think mm-hmm. that this is one of those that really focuses on that. Agreed. But what do you think, Dev? I think it's that they both part in two separate directions. Yeah. Macbeth starts making decisions without his wife as he tyrantly rules over Scotland. Yeah. And the lady. He's a freaking tyrant. <laughs> and the lady is struggling to gain control over her husband and her own guilt and her conscience as well. Um, their lack of communication is ultimately what creates the rift between them. They lose yep. each other um, because they just don't communicate with each other. They They don't share their ideas and decision-making throughout the entirety of the play. And there's a breach in trust and in understanding as their pursuit for power has crazily spiraled out of control. Um, So they just literally come to a point where they just verge and they become two separate entities. Um, they're not the same unit that we saw at the very beginning. So there we go. Yep. Okay, next question. Mm -hmm. Macbeth has to make a choice. Kill his best friend, Banquo, great name still, (laughs) or lose his wife. 
How does one balance friendships and the spouse in marriage? This is a freaking <laughs> hilarious way to <laughs> to word this question. I, I love know. It. Um, <laughs> I had to throw it in somehow. Um, <laughs> for and this coming from someone that's not married, but there needs to be a balance. <laughs> um, don't neglect one or the other as they are both essential. Um, yep. Don't kill one for the sake of the other. <laughs> and if your wife asks you to do that, run. Yeah. <laughs> um, but exactly. It's not just in marriage, but even while dating, like you can't just solely devote yourself to one or the other there has to yep. be a not an equal balance because obviously you want to spend more time with your um partner than um your friends i mean you kind of naturally have to. but um you still need that support system your partner cannot solely be that support system you need to have other people that kind of build you up you can talk to you can share ideas with um and he's He's like, buddy, I know we've been friends for so long. I know. Sorry you, about this. <laughs> I know you have a son, but you both got to go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you're totally right. Like, it's and this is the most extreme case, which is why I think that this is the funniest question, <laughs> because you're totally right. Like, you absolutely he, he absolutely needed to have stood up for his friend in this case. Like lose his wife i also don't think she would have left him no but he wouldn't have mm. the support of her like right i guess um that's another big thing like if you're significant because this was his decision choose, ultimately completely right? completely so that's the problem like i would say in a most general sense like you need to give your time to both friends in your marriage i mean in different ways and your spouse should be supportive of that and but i don't think that's the case here i think it's more like <laughs> she's blinded by she's blinded by seeing the seeing the end of the tunnel mm -hmm. right ahead of them i they both are but i think for him it keeps moving like have you ever seen that scene in madeline where she's running do you know what madeline is it's like a kid's show I'm familiar and with it, but there's not. this one episode. It's like a classic. She's like sick and she's trying to get to the end of the hallway. And it just seems like the the end of the hallway keeps, keeps moving. moving. I do remember keeps vaguely, moving. vaguely remember. Yeah. This. So that's what's going on with him. Like each time he kills someone, he's like, oh, no. But like the end of the tunnel, like yeah. it's not going to be fixed until X, Y or Z is killed. See, so, so I so I bring in. Big Bang Theory, and you bring in Madeline. Madeline! <laughs> well, at least Madeline's a little spooky, so the Big Freaking I mean, Bang Theory. Okay. But I love it. We need to do an episode on the Big Bang Theory, and I'll stand by that. Madeline, probably not, because she's a child, and that would be weird. Be I don't weird. think she has a love interest. <clears throat> but, so, generally speaking, you need to balance them better than this particular case. <laughs> just, just a tad. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. All right, so how does the death of Lady Macbeth affect the Thane himself? He's devastated. <laughs> he just sinks even further into a pit of despair because ultimately... If like, he wasn't crazy then, he is definitely crazy now. He's definitely freaking psycho <laughs> now. He doesn't have anything pushing him along or grounding him. So that's when he makes all these crazy decisions, ends up dying, yada, yada. But... Here's the thing about it, though. Um, I think what's even more depressing about the whole situation 
is that he spent so long in a deteriorating relationship. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really there for her. I mean, we find out later that like she was sleepwalking or something. And he really didn't have any idea about it. Or even if he did have an idea about it, he didn't do anything about it. So I think probably he feels very much like it's his fault. And so he just, and that that's his, that's his partner in crime, in literal crime. Right, exactly. And it's like, <laughs> my partner in crime is dead. There were all these signs there that she <clears> was going <throat> mad and I wasn't there for her. Like, I just think it's a really, really spiraling situation for him. Yep. Um, and that's why we see him descend into ultimate madness, which you kind of got to wonder if those witches just like to start trouble. <laughs> was but this their plan all along? The it probably spooky, spooky was. witches. <laughs> um, but yeah, it absolutely ruins him. Um, he loses his one support system. I mean, he killed his best friend, so he has nothing now. Um, and he's all alone. He's making these decisions. He's driving the whole um, country into the ground um, and he's and um, like antagonizing other people just because like he kills innocent people just to do it not because like there's a sole purpose but just nah go right you on ahead you wonder what people were like during this time yeah, Shakespeare wrote this I, <laughs> like, I don't know but he it, he just feels alone like i said he's he's isolated and he succumbs to his madness and um i think in a way he he feels secure in his power and he feels secure that he won't die because of the prophecy that he received um but in a way i wonder if like maybe he wants like he maybe he wanted to die at this point um yeah but regardless um yeah, it's interesting to see like what happens to people when their partner passes away. Um, how do they recover from it? How do they move on from it? And clearly, Macbeth does. He not. wasn't in a stable place <laughs> before. He was, stable. he was not stable before. He's definitely not like we said. Definitely he's definitely not, not stable now. <clears throat> There's no progression here. Honestly, um, but go right on ahead. Lead us to our last question. Well, th- this has been. A spooky season episode, <laughs> if I've ever heard of one. But uh, so what do we think about Lady Macbeth and Macbeth? Do we ship it? It's a hard pass. <laughs> a big old no from both of us. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing. There's nothing. I mean, there in the beginning. There was, are I mean, elements of a great relationship at the start, but we don't get enough of it, A, and B, it spirals very very quickly downhill well what i love is our last spooky season episode we also when we were talking to antoinette we most spooky season couples do not end up with a happy ending it's just not in the cards and i think in this case the story again the story was not a love story it was it was a i'm obsessed or i'm in love with power story Mm -hmm. and you saw what that did to macbeth and Lady Macbeth and their relationship and yep. everyone around them. So, yeah, I do not ship it. Not I will a fan. Never ship it ever. So not there you go. Fan. Not today, <laughs> sir. <laughs> nope. All right. So there you have it. Our thoughts on Macbeth. 
Yep. So now let's hear from a guest reader. The comment comes in from Leslie. So thank you for writing in, Leslie. Mm-hmm. She writes, I used to struggle between she's a good wife trying to help her husband accomplish his goals and she's an evil hag just selfishly pursuing her own desires. The more times I read it, the more I fall into Camp B. <laughs> <laughs> Without her, he might have had half a chance to be a decent person. She's the devil. I'm not buying her good wife routine. He's better off without her. <laughs> Ooh, a hot take from Leslie that I completely agree with. So I, I do. You, I think they are both good characters, but yep. not good together. <laughs> yep. yep. He's thank weak you. spined and she is manipulative. Yeah. So you know where that leads. Yeah. I. But thank you for saying that. And we do appreciate it. And we love to hear it. Um, and of course, we wish all our listeners a happy, happy Halloween, a happy spooky yes. Halloween. You better send in your pictures of costumes. Oh, that'd I be awesome. Costumes. If you guys have movie or book or TV show related um, costumes, you should definitely send them or in. Or if you have couples costumes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, now I'm having ideas. I'm having a brainchild. So nice. forgive me. But as always, if you want to join us for an episode or send in a comment, please reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Our email is we should be podcast at gmail.com, and you can find us anywhere on social media. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And we do appreciate you all, and we appreciate to hear how we are doing. Um, so please like, rate, review, subscribe, wherever, whenever. Um, I know not every um, streaming service allows you to review, but if it does, please do it. We would love to hear. And also it helps boost us and um, allow others to peruse us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, See you all next. Oh, did you have something else, Devin? I'll go right on hand. Okay. <laughs> See you all next time, my dearest partners of greatness. Oh, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.